gonna sit here then and gonna watch yeah good girl uh has your mummy been exercising today has she been doing some training no. No. she says she has but maybe she hasn't <laughs> no you can't press the button I was to say bye. You know, you're not saying goodbye. We've got to talk first. And then we say goodbye. <laughs> so hello, welcome to the Try Parenting Podcast. I'm Themi Petridis. And I'm Emma Cooper. We're here to talk all things triathlon, family related, some highs and lows from the week and general chit chat. We can start off with the week after your, your Ironman. So tell us how the race went and then how are you feeling now a week on? The race went really well, actually. I was thinking today when I was out on my little cycling poodle, because I've had a nice, easy recovery week. It's probably one of my favourite races, actually. I just, I loved it. I don't know why, I'm just a a nutter. (laughs) But I, yeah, it went really well, despite the horrific winds on the bike. I was really trying not to have a a cry mid mid bike when I was going along at like 20 kilometers an hour instead of like 40 kilometers an hour when you're going downhill that's just depressing but yeah the swim absolutely loved the swim it's the first mass start since pre-covid I just really enjoyed it it was just so nice having people's feet to sit on I'm not very good swimming solo I need people there to push me so despite getting kicked in the face and whacked around the head a few times and swimming into the little like marker boys like the really tiny little like lane boys I think for the rowing or something it's for rowing that's right kind of like trying to dodge them and sporadically but yeah absolutely loved the swim came out in good time for me although I did miss kind of miss the main pack which I was annoyed about I got stuck on the left of somebody and they just wouldn't move right. So I gave them a bit. And in the end, I didn't want to cut them up. In the end, I just like to cut across them to join the rest of the feet that I could get onto. But yeah, I love the swim. Bike, mostly good, other than the winds and the atrocious road surfaces. So were you around many other cyclists when you were out there to gauge no, how your speed really, was? It was really a solo ride. So Claire Weller, who won, who is also my squad mate, so I've trained with her lots of times. I knew it would be quite similar on the swim. So I was pleased to get out like just ahead of her. So it gave me a, a little a bit of time leeway. But I know she's a much stronger bike cyclist. So I was hoping to be within like 10 minutes or so of her bike time. And she went past me after about half an hour. And she went flying past me. And I tried to stick with her. It's like, uh, see ya. I'll see you in a few hours. <laughs> and she just went. Did you and speak then, to each like, other? When, when she came past I just shouted I don't know something like go go get him or I don't know have a good race or something <laughs> actually as she went past me we both hit this like massive pothole it's one of those where like everything like shakes and makes a horrific sound so we kind of laughed about that and then was, see you later <laughs> but no there wasn't actually that many guys came not that many guys came past and anyone that did would be like going way too fast uh, for me to even remotely sit behind them of the draft legally yeah so it was quite a very much a lonely tt effort for five and a bit hours although the last hour of the bike i definitely need to uh, work on my nutrition because i think i over gelled because i spent the last hour throwing up all the gels <laughs> and it was so windy that I mean, and it was literally just being sick. It was just like high five I was throwing up. It wasn't like sick. So I was like, be sick. And it'd be quite a lot of like liquid. And it, it was so windy. It would just like blow across the road. 
Already cars coming the other way. Oh, I don't know what they were thinking. Hopefully they didn't see it. Uh, um, was your bike a sticky mess after the race? Yes, but that was mostly because obviously the wind helped with that because it kind of blew it away mm-hmm. from me. Luckily, I didn't wasn't sick into the wind, so it blew back in my face. <laughs> that would have been worse. But the the worst stickiness was from I was refilling my front water bottle with all my gels and carb drink and I looked down and it wasn't going in it was just I hadn't quite got the top in properly and I looked down it was just everywhere and then it got in my brake so then my brake started screeching again it's just like oh come on (laughs) so this gel thing I take it you were taking gels on on a timer or something rather than when you felt like you wanted them all my gels were decanted into water bottles mm-hmm. and mixed with more like energy drink and electrolytes i basically just doubled what i do for a 70.3 but that clearly is not the right strategy for me i didn't have enough water i was just thirsty and i wasn't carrying enough water with me so that's something i need to work on but yeah i have a timer that tells me to like drink every 10 minutes mm. but drinking that's not eating so yeah I need to work out yeah I need to have a think about what to do in terms of getting enough carbohydrates in and electrolytes versus enough water luckily it didn't impact my run too much I mean I was very thirsty on the run but it was hot it was 30 degrees and very humid and windy so the wind actually helped cool me down but I don't think it limited my performance too much on the run I was hungry by the last like 10k Mm. I was like, actually, I'm really hungry now. <laughs> just like some food. She's <laughs> probably not a good thing. So will your coach help you talk about nutrition? I will speak to him about it, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> I've struggled right a lot direction. with getting the right nutrition. Too much, too little, stomach cramps, hungry, bonking. And I've been experimenting with these high concentration carb mixes that SIS have brought out, that beta variant. And there's Morton, which is 80 grams carb. I tried, yeah, they are expensive. I I, I save them for race day, train maybe once or twice a year with them just to make sure my body agrees with them. Because you get sick of things as well if you use the same things all the time. SIS had this, it's like a jelly, a concentrated jelly before you, you know, if you buy blocks of jelly before you mix it. I actually really liked it I hate jelly you hate jelly well that's not gonna be that's not gonna be a good one for you then I guess trying these different really high concentration carbohydrate things if you find one that that works I find too many gels can make you feel really sick and thirsty as well yeah yeah. and I actually felt fine I was just throwing up which was good if you're gonna throw up better to feel okay I guess yeah (laughs) than feel rubbish at least it was towards the end so hopefully I'd absorbed quite a lot of carbs by then anyway it was after four hours so yeah the things we do eh? I know and then the run I really enjoyed the run because it was like an out and back twice and then like an extra little loop around the lake because it was an out and back it wasn't a loop you were running you're always running past competitors Mm. so there's always someone to like smile at or cheer on or someone cheering you on and there was a reasonable spectator atmosphere but I think it was better because of the athletes running the opposite direction Mm. everyone kind of like smiling each other on like come on we're almost there oh Oh, oh no I'm on my last lap and you've already just started (laughs) yeah otherwise a big loop can get lonely if you don't you don't really see many people yeah so actually I think that was one of the reasons why I enjoyed the run so much Claire who was in front of me there was a little like dog leg bit where I could time how far ahead she was from the first lap I worked out it was about eight minutes I was like oh I could do that over like a marathon and then like the second lap it was still eight minutes at the same point I was like oh 
we're running at exactly the same speed. <laughs> you did have a faster but, time than Herbert, didn't you? You were quicker on the marathon. A couple of minutes, yeah. I think. I, I haven't actually even looked at splits yet. Yeah, I just enjoyed it. I was happy because uh, the only Ironman I'd done before, I got off the run and just felt awful. I mean, I did get off the run and run like a penguin. It was very strange, just laughing at myself. <laughs> like, they take your bike off you, which is amazing. You feel like... Mm. Uh, celebrity mm. so you like you get off the bike and just throw it at volunteers and they then go and rack it for you so you just literally run straight to your run stuff and put that on but I was running through the change tent just like straight legs <laughs> waddling like a penguin <laughs> um once I got over the waddling I actually felt like I could run whereas when I did the other one before I just felt for the word go that I had nothing in my legs so that was quite nice um, so did you have any real lows during the, the race either feel like you were bonking or just really thinking what am I doing this is ridiculous the last lap of the run 5k around the lake is quite lonely I, a bit lonely there's other people running around but they as you turn the top corner of the lake to come back towards the finishing line you ground to a halt because the wind was so strong that you literally doubled over like trying to run into the wind and even though you knew you had like one or two K left, it was hard. And as you just like, just want to stop at this aid station and just drink. I just need some water. <laughs> the first loop of the bike as well was pretty on that wind. Yeah, it was pretty demoralizing when you're looking at time to slip away thinking, oh, there goes my target time gone. You have to ignore that. Luckily, I accidentally lapped my watch. I was trying to clear all the gel off that stuck to it because I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and lap my watch it went onto the run halfway through the bike so I had to like reset everything but actually that was good because it meant I could just ignore I didn't know where I was I didn't know how long left I had I didn't know how far over the time I wanted to do I could just like crack on and get home I was quite pleased with myself that I managed to get myself out of like low like what am I doing this is ridiculous I've still got hours to go this wind is horrible and then it'd be like turn a corner and the wind will disappear like okay let's go again <laughs> Well, that's good but you didn't have any big kind of energy lows you know midway no, through the race wise, which is good yeah energy wise was really good actually despite the throwing up which I was well, you, you were totally brimmed with gel, with gel weren't you <laughs> sweating it out talking yeah, talking about sweating by the time I'd finished I literally had salt crust everywhere and I've never had that before ever mm. so I do need to do something sweat test <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that's usually yeah. a sign of the electrolyte balance wasn't quite right if you're covered in salt. I mean, yeah. I've, I've had it on a hot day. And if you look on YouTube or look, look it up, it's not a good sign. Um, I mean, I didn't pee. To put it in context, I went for a pee just before the race started at 6am. I didn't wee again until 6pm. And I stopped racing at, what was it, between 3 and 4pm. And I literally, I just drank and drank and drank water between then. And my, yeah. my wee... Very uh, dark. All colours high five, the same colour as high five gel, but any chance. <laughs> Significantly darker. Yes, the uh, Erdinger alcohol free at the finishing line was very a very nice welcome, refreshing drink. That was a few cans of that was consumed. Oh goodness, yeah, you can absolutely eat or drink whatever you want after an Ironman, can't you? Yes, and a lovely like family that I was staying with. I had dinner ready for me, lasagna and chips when I got back. So that was that was great with some apple crumble. So yeah, good. 
So how's your appetite been basically all week? Have you been hungry all the time or? Yeah, I kind of just been snacking. I mean, I'm a snacker anyway. And now like a week on, I probably shouldn't be snacking so much. <laughs> but I uh, I got to work yesterday. So I was in the office yesterday. Uh, what was it? Friday yesterday. And my, my friend, my colleague had brought me in some courgette cake, which is absolutely amazing as a like as a like well done post-race treat her parents had made this courgette cake and she brought me like this massive slab oh my goodness it was amazing so good (laughs) I was meant to share it with everybody else but I didn't (laughs) it's too good to share so yeah that's that was good definitely riding a post Ironman high uh, which is, which is oh, quite awesome nice. did you suffer any lows like one or two days after just feeling fatigued and just feeling a bit down no I haven't actually I've really struggled with my sleep this week because mm. I was up at like half past two on Sunday and then I didn't get to sleep till like gone 10 and then obviously slept, slept awfully because you always do mm. after a race, let alone Ironman and all those gels and caffeine. I slept really well on Monday night once I got home. I slept for like over eight hours, which is quite a lot for me. But I forgot to set an alarm, which is why I slept for that long. Mm. I was lucky because I almost missed my swim. <laughs> I literally woke up with 10 minutes to spare to get to the swimming pool. But then that's messed me up my body clock for the rest of the week. I can only sleep properly if I get up at the same time every day. I had to just go to bed earlier if I'm mm. tired. Whereas I've been waking up at really random times in the morning. This morning, I snoozed for about 40 minutes, <laughs> which is <laughs> awful. Come on, you deserve just, it. Like, yeah, absolutely pointless. I should have just got up because then I didn't get anything done either. So, Because <laughs> yeah, I find after a big race, the day after I'm on a high and I don't really feel the tiredness, but the day after that, I tend to find I just feel a bit low. The fatigue hits and then the day after I, I tend to be okay. You, you don't get that then? I do. I just didn't get it this time for just some reason. This time. I'll probably get that this week, like a week delayed. <laughs> All the gels remaining in your body have seen you through that. <laughs> put it off Um, tell me about before the race did you enjoy the build-up the night before I get quite nervous but in a good way races come along every so often they're not that frequent so they're quite a big deal and you all the work you've put in all the pressure all you put on yourself wanting to get a good result the 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 couple days before and the build-up going to bed the night before I always find emotions are quite you have to contain your stress (laughs) try and enjoy it but it's it's not particularly pleasant that pre-race nerves once you get to the start line and you've been through all the faff and you've had your breakfast when you feel you don't feel like eating and all of that it's it, it's good then it's just you want to get going but how do you cope with the you know the day the hours before so I was actually worse on say like the Tuesday Monday Tuesday Wednesday I did some had big sessions the weekend before I was just like how am I going to swim bike and run that distance in that time when I can't do them on their own in that time let alone a swim, a bike, a run together. It's going over and over in my head. And then I came to the conclusion that just don't think about it. Just don't put it together. And it just trust the training and just go with it. And I kept going like, then I'd have moments like, oh my goodness. And then like my coach should message me like, how are you doing? I'm like, trying not to think about the distance. He's like, don't think about the distance. <laughs> I was like, good. Okay, at least I'm uh, I'm going about it the right way. So by the time it gets to about Thursday, I'm done. Like, I just want to race mm. training started to drop off we've got more time to like sit and think about it instead of training and just like feeling good you're kind of sitting around waiting for it to come 
but then Saturday there's always quite a lot of admin race admin isn't there with like racking a bike and registering and sussing out the venue once I've got there and I've got all that in my head like I know I've worked out transition and where I'm gonna be then I'm okay because I'm like I can visualize it I can see where we're gonna be and as long as there's not been too much like walking around and stressing and I can have some time to like sit down pre-race I, te- I tend to be okay then once I'm there and I'm at the venue it's fine touch wood most of the time seem to sleep fine like the one day like pre-race I you have like totally child-free normally so mm. <laughs> it's actually quite nice to just I'm gonna sit and binge watch a series that I wanted <laughs> to watch um in terms of a day before and I because I'm used to my pre-race ritual now in terms of like breakfast the, the usual things I have and timing as long as it all goes to plan in the morning I tend to be okay the only the only stress I, I had pre-race on Sunday was I'd put my nice NRG rainbow chain on like with the special whack because I've been looking at the weather forecast all week and it said it's going to be dry until at least lunchtime and then it potentially was going to chuck it down on the run which I was actually quite happy with rocked up to transition I put I put plastic bags over my chain overnight in case it like the mildew or whatever got on the wax rocked up in the morning to race and it was absolutely chucking it down at like four or five six a.m so I had to I had to take the plastic bags off the chain so I couldn't couldn't go and get my bike after the swim with plastic bags on it so then I was just sat there like well I could go and buy some different wax to put on it that's not really going to help now and it's not going to set because it's raining (laughs) so I just have to hope that because it's not moving in transition not too much rain gets on it and it doesn't wash it off and then just hope the the roads were dry by the time we got on the bike so that I didn't cycle for five hours with a a rusty Mm. like whack free chain (laughs) actually it was fine thank goodness I didn't hear any uh of that awful grinding so were the roads wet I, I imagined it all dry I didn't realize it was raining when you started yeah it completely dried up it, I mean it absolutely chucked it down it was a really heavy rain annoyingly it threatened to rain on the run and it never did we had it pre-swim I guess with the temperature yeah, temperature it dried up the roads pretty quickly yeah it was really humid looking forwards you're thinking about trying to fit in another Ironman this year are you yes I would like to do two more I want to want to sort out my nutrition (laughs) I also want to do a bike that's closer to the time that I know I can do and run I think I lost a fair few minutes on the run because I was tired I'd worked harder on the bike than I would have necessarily Hmm. done it been so windy so there's a, a race in Poland actually in three weeks time which I'm eyeing up but mm-hmm. actually it looks like my limiting factor is going to be childcare because my husband's going to watch the football on, on Saturday with yeah which is a pain but I can't complain because he obviously looks after mm. Eleanor every time I race and he hasn't been to football since pre-covid so is rather excited <laughs> so it's no way of asking not to go to the football oh iron man um, need to set up a, a crash for yeah. 17 hours is the maximum right that they'd have to have a child in <laughs> oh my goodness could you imagine in a polish crash <laughs> so i i don't know whether that's going to happen or not we'll find out in the next few weeks i guess i guess it's only so long before i can actually enter and book mm. flights and things if not i'm eyeing up Ironman Israel in November which should be interesting I have lots I'll say a while a way to go recover crack on with some more training yeah enjoy the rest of the season 
So if you do Poland, that's a four week since the last one. Yes. So I won't be any better. Like, I can't expect to see any improvements. Hopefully I can be the same though. Mm. <laughs> not go mm. not go backwards between now and then. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know if well if you do that, what your I guess training load looks like in those four weeks, whether you get a period of recovery and a build or whether it's just maintain. Yeah, just be maintain, I think, yeah. to recover and maintain, taper again. And then have a nice break while I go on a family holiday to Spain hopefully (laughs) that'd be awesome how's how's your week been how's covid recovery going slowly very frustrated but having to be patient I don't seem to be (laughs) making steady progress it seems to be flat every other day I do a couple sessions but they're they're just fun sessions I'd say swimming or at a time on the static bike have been out on the bike a couple of times but I keep waking up feeling really fatigued I go to bed early feeling fatigued and I wake up feeling fatigued I get through a day of work and I'm all used up I and mean, I've listened to a few podcasts now on coming back after covid athletes it's not unusual there's a whole spectrum of severity of covid symptoms and recovery and i'm certainly on that and it can be six plus weeks after you get symptoms or after symptoms finish before you're you might be back to normal but it can be a lot longer as well as a doctor interviewed on oxygen addict i think you pointed me to that podcast at the extreme end it's quite worrying (laughs) what might happen i don't think i'm at that end but prolonged fatigue is a real thing So I keep telling myself I'm not just being silly because I wake up in the morning wanting to train, but feel like I just can't. And I question, am I just being lazy? Have I just got into the habit? It's it's a genuine kind of fatigue, brain fatigue as well. I've noticed at work, difficult to to focus, to concentrate. I, I guess it's a mild brain fog, but there we go. So no proper training. My training today will be taking the kids for a fun swim. So every cloud has a silver lining. It's great fun to play with the, the sinkers where you throw a sinker. It's like getting a dog to go and fetch it off the bottom of the pool. And we, we can play for, for hours mucking around, which is good. And I, I don't normally have the time to spend a couple hours just mucking around with the kids. I'll always say, right, I've got to go and do a couple K in the lanes and I'll come back to you. And I also have been trying to get them to teach me tumble turns because I'm not a great tumbler. They're much better than I am. And they have a lot of fun watching me struggle. Let's say (laughs) that is good fun. We even do uh, standing up in the shallow end and jump up in the air and and do somersaults. These are some of the drills that help you get good at tumbling. That's all quite good fun. So how does that work? Do you not hit your head on the floor? Uh, No, you you need to somersault. You start the somersault in the air and you finish it near the top of the water and you land on your legs. I've watched a few YouTube videos on how to build up to tumble turning. So there's that one. The other one is if there's a lane rope in the shallow end, you stand up and you actually somersault over the lane rope that's also quite a good one to try because it forces you to do it there and then and you've got something to kind of somersault around but I still struggle I can I can do a tumble but I'm too slow to kick off and by the time I've come back up I've been holding my breath for so long that I'm exhausted so being able to do them at each end of the length so I taught myself to do tumble turns in like off season I had like two weeks once where I was like do whatever you want just know nothing to do with like swim bike or run so I just went to the pool every day for 10 minutes and just like swam at the wall (laughs) basically (laughs) and in those two weeks I basically managed to teach myself to tumble turn so then when I started to do actual sets I would just tumble turn in the like warm-up like just a couple of times when I was brave enough so like when there was no one else in the lane and then eventually I'd then like build it up and do it more and more throughout the set you've got to start with 
I mean, I would miss a wall. I'd end up upside down. I'd end up in the wrong lane. <laughs> I, was, I was very embarrassing. And then, like, if I would swim in a different pool, which was narrower, I'd end up on, like, the wrong side of the lane. <laughs> so I really had to pick and choose when I tried to tumble turn to start with. And the whole getting used to then actually being able to swim after you tumble turn and holding your breath. It is actually more of a skill than you realise because you think mm. oh, it looks so easy when people do it. Mm. But yeah, it def- definitely took quite a long time to get used to it and it not impacts my set. So bear with it, especially think... while you're recovering. It is a good it is a good time to do it while uh, it's no no pressure to actually do a good times or good session. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep on. I think this winter is going to be the time that I need to get it into my sets over a long period of time. But I find the kids will be watching me. I'll come up to the wall. I'll, I'll turn upside down I'll tumble and I'll sink <laughs> before I can push off my bum just starts sinking and then I'll push off this is in the deep end then I'll push off and I'll I'll go deeper as I push off and I'll, I'll look up and the surface will be getting further and further away from me <laughs> so I've still got, got a lot of work to do that's quite scary and stressful especially when you're out of breath already yeah <laughs> so I thought we could talk about recovery this week appropriate topic yeah recovering from an Ironman I guess we could touch base on like nutrition for me getting in especially protein and carbohydrates immediately after the Ironman on Sunday or as soon as I could definitely helped that was the beer right yeah beer post-race food celebratory burrito <laughs> chocolate milk I uh I carry a, a carton of like chocolate milk with me mm. now so then I know I've got something to hand as soon as I can mm. get to my bag the issue is just how quickly I can get to my bag so yeah the next day I had sore feet I had like some blisters and cuts and stuff on my feet but actually muscle wise I wasn't too bad disappointingly mm. so actually I didn't feel like I'd done <laughs> like I'm oh, it means you're well trained I think that's yeah, what it means. So let's go down that route <laughs> and then massages I right, for me personally I think I might have said this before I find massages really beneficial injury active clinic down the road uh, do a really good like all over sports massage recovery massage so I always feel so much better mentally and physically when I've flushed everything out of my system, eating fruit and vegetables, obviously trying to get as much of them in as possible after having a beige diet for a few days pre-race, kind of crave vegetables, but also mentally just giving myself a break and eating whatever I want, so cake and ice cream as well. (laughs) Yeah, sleep, we kind of touched on sleep earlier. I also try and sleep as much as possible without it impacting, like knock-on effect down the line of sleep so it's sleep's always a bit of a, a balance with me and um yeah just spending time uh, just a mental break as well from training so like this week I've had like just like short sessions from bike and run like one thing a day so it's been really nice because I've been able to spend the mornings with Eleanor so when she wakes up I've been able to get her and do breakfast and things which is something that I don't normally get to do and I I hate not being there in the morning when I'm swimming or cycling running at the weekend but I it's the only time I can do it because there's no point me waiting around for her to wake up and I could lose two hours when I could have got my training done so that's actually been really nice to be there in the morning yeah a mental mental and physical recovery from a big Ironman block has been been quite nice what do you find is a the best tool for recovery for you well following any session that's been quite long if it's a long bike the advice is within 15 minutes of stopping you need to get some protein into you whether it's a protein shake or uh, some some food which can be hard when you come in from a long bike if as a family we decide to go out to a cafe for lunch and you need to have a shower 
And then there's a long wait before the, the waiters come. I've spent so many agonizing half hours, sometimes 40 minutes waiting for the food to come in a busy cafe on a, a Sunday lunchtime, literally eating myself from the inside out, getting hang, trying not to be too hangry. <laughs> if that's going to happen, I always try to have something before I jump in the shower. I think your, your recovery is much faster if you if you do that within a short period of time from stopping rather than waiting an hour and a half before you have a big meal. I think, and even more so for females, the females definitely need to get food in instantly, Car- a mixture of carbs and protein. The scientific evidence in that is undisputed. Like the mm. quicker you can refuel, the better. So yeah, that's definitely, hangry is not good for lots of reasons, but also for not just for your family's sanity, <laughs> but also for uh, yeah recovery. You'll feel it much more the next day if you've not recovered properly. From a big race, I think recovery for me after the initial make sure you eat and fill yourself with protein as soon as you can. It's just eat lots and plenty. I don't think I do anything other than that. I do take daily um, uh, vitamin supplements, whether it's just multivitamins. I take cod liver oil and vitamin D. They're my daily go-to vitamins. Other than that, I don't take any other kind of sports specific supplements. I do have some post exercise shake, but I I don't use it every day because it's very expensive. I think a banana and whizzed up with some milk, uh, a couple of berries if you've got them, is my go-to post exercise immediate snack, which tends to put the hunger off and hopefully give your body the protein it needs to recover quickly. Yeah, protein is essential for recovery, definitely. So let's see, should we um, end on, maybe it's a lighter, maybe it isn't a, a topic of shaving. I think uh, there are probably a few shaving stories that we, we both may have. I know when I was younger, I think I was 16-ish when I first shaved my legs, which for a schoolboy is quite a, a step to take, but I was taking cycling very seriously. And the question that came up all the time was, why the cyclists? shave their legs for a woman this is just uh, most women I think shave their legs anyway so it doesn't it's not really a thing but for boys especially younger boys I remember my mother being absolutely <laughs> beside herself why are you mutilating your body like this why would you do that you're you know cutting off your masculinity uh, so I had to come up with an answer why do you do it and there are uh, there are lots of reasons that are given part of it I think as a cyclist is fitting in with a showing you're serious about a sport, but then if you fall off and you get road rash, it's much more hygienic not to have hairs if you want to, you know, carry on the race or clean it up quickly. Scabs, you can pull them off more easily if they're not in, you know, yeah. the hairs aren't matted into them. So all those kind of reasons. And of course, aerodynamics is the other one. I guess shaving wise, doing it the first time, have quite hairy legs. I remember sitting in a bath doing it with a razor when I was, you know, in two minds about whether I should do it and feeling quite apprehensive. It took me two hours sitting in a bath the first time because you sh- you shave one little bit and the razor's clogged up. And so oh, no. it takes a long old time sitting in cold bath water by the end with, I guess, the skin on top of the, the bath water is just like a layer of hair sticking to the oh, sides. Oh, and you, it was just awful. I got out <laughs> and thought, what have I done? <laughs> I really hope no one's eating while they're listening to this. <laughs> So there you go. That was my first experience. What experiences have you had? Um, my well, most recent embarrassing shaving experience: pre-race shaving my armpits. I was staying in a, like a family house, filled the plug up, shaved my armpits, went to undo the plug, and the plug wouldn't undo. It's one of those ones where you press the lever, and no matter how hard I pressed the lever down, it was not popping up 
the the plug was not popping out of the sink I thought oh that's fine because those kind of sinks the water normally just like over time like trickles down and then like that'd be fine next day water level was still exactly the same place no water had leaked from the sink at all this plug was well and truly sealed shut with it as you say some nice gummy water on top with my armpit hair in <laughs> so I over the next like couple of days I like got a knife I got a fork was trying to like prize the plug open the cleaner came and I was like can you just come and have a look at this plug like the sink stuck so she put her like rubber gloves on so I'm really sorry so I can't do it either so I was like I can't leave it like this they've let me like stay in the house I can't just leave a sink full of this this disgusting water I got a cup and I was like scooping out the water into the toilet so I was like oh, actually that's not too bad but then I couldn't get like the bottom bit out and actually the more water took out it wasn't taking the hair out too it was just taking the water out but eventually managed to get most of the water out and then I kind of mopped it up with tissue paper and toilet roll so then it was a clean sink just with a stuck plug thank goodness <laughs> so I didn't have to leave a sink full of hair <laughs> oh dear bad house guest thinking back to one other shaving story again when I was I think I was about 17 18 as a junior I was a mountain biker but I did also did some cyclocross in the in the winter I did the national series and they selected me to ride for England in the nation's cup which was a great honor and I was shaving my legs at the time but I was quite a lazy shaver and what I do is before each ride in my kit so I'd have socks on I'd have cycling shorts on I just using an electric shave I just shaved the bit in between the bit that was showing and when I so that means if I actually had short shorts on and no socks and I always had a cycling tan <laughs> so I'd have a kind of hairy white bit of skin at the top of my leg then the hair would stop and there'd be a bit more white and then there'd be a brown bit of leg and then I'd go I'd have a sock line a tan line and then there'd be a bit of hair at the bottom of my leg. It looked an awful sight, but that's what I was doing. I only ever wore shorts when I was out cycling, really. But then I, when I got onto the, the national team, we went for this big, big race. And the, the team stayed in the same hotel and they had mechanics and they had a massage for all of the, the team members the night before the race. And I suddenly panicked because you, you just have a towel on and that's it. And you lie on the couch <laughs> And I had never shaved, you know, the top part of my thigh under the shorts. I hadn't ever seen the need. So I remember panicking, trying to find a razor and going to the shower and shaving all the way up because I was, I was going to be so embarrassed to have this massage with a, a kind of hairy cuff at the bottom of my legs and hairy top part. Just wanted, I remember it was probably the most stressful thing about the whole weekend. You know, I was quite a young <laughs> a teenager. This was quite a big deal. But anyway, that was, that was the lasting memory of the stress of shaving as a cyclist. Oh dear. Yeah, that, that is not good. I frequently have to apologise when I go for a massage for my hairy legs. But now my legs aren't like, don't tend to be too bad because I epilate. So it's like lighter hair. But especially during the winter when it's like not race season and obviously you're not showing your legs during the day because you've not got shorts on you then go for a massage and as you're taking your trousers off oh no I'm really sorry (laughs) 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 sorry about the hair not 
particularly pleasant. So great. What a, what a way to end. Should you wrap yes. up on that on that note? Hopefully people aren't too disgusted by that topic. So if you are disgusted or have your own funny shaving stories, do share on Instagram or our new Facebook group, which is the Try Parenting podcast. We've got quite a few members and some good chat going on, which is great. So Instagram is at the Try Parenting podcast. So at the underscore try underscore parenting underscore podcast. Quite a long one. Glad you said or, that or not me. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're not on Instagram or Facebook, we've also got an email address, the try parenting podcast at gmail.com, where you can share your funny stories with us too. I hope you all have a good training week and weekend. Any good luck with any races, and I'll speak to you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>